The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the screen there. The one on the left side of the page is Bradley's show from yesterday, so if you missed that and you want to catch that, um, he was playing a video from Dr. David Martin about some things he's got. I, I, If I understand him correctly, they're already in the courts, which was more than I expected, to tell you the truth. And I know David has a, a history of doing some of this stuff. It's it's like so many others who push the things. It's like, okay, when are we going to see the fruit of it? Because I don't understand something. Here at the Sons of Liberty, we're not here to 
try to throw red meat at you. That you know, I realize that's how people get their headlines and everything. I understand that's what draws attention, and so I'm very honest. I try to be as provocative in my headlines as I can to be truthful, but not beyond that. I try to do that. Um, but I recognize that there's a lot of people, oh, they get into this, and, and then it's years later, and nothing comes of it. You've seen some of these attorneys with the COVID stuff. Nothing comes of it. Well, Martin has had some success in the past. We'll see if he has some success here. I still think he's pushing uh, you know, virus and stuff like that, too. But the point is, is in this, he gets down to the root of the matter, and he says, what we're dealing with is murder. It's not healthcare. It's not a virus. It's not a shot. It's not any of that. This is murder. And uh, and I agree with him on that. And so I'm I'm hoping he's going he's gonna to be the one um, you know, with his legal team to, to really break the ice, so to speak. Anyway, if you miss that, you can watch it until 3 p.m. Eastern, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Otherwise, then you have to go over to our Rumble channel to watch it. Uh, on the right side of the page is where we're at. So if you click on the play button, uh, enlarge it up on whatever device you've got, and then look in the bottom right-hand corner, and you'll see the Rumble icon. Click on that, and uh, join us in the chat on Rumble. We'd love to see you over there. Um, we have some friends over there in there this morning, as well as our other uh, site, sites that we're social media that we're streaming to. Uh, we are streaming live to Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Before it's news.com, top of the page there, dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty, a number of Facebook pages that bear my name, uh, as well as Twitter, for whatever that's worth, the Real Tim Brow 2. Leave off the end of my name. Put a number two there, the Real Tim Brow 2, uh, over on Twitter if you want to watch there. And then also, finally, on twitch.tv at Real Tim Brown. Okay, so you can catch me over there. Um, right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for email newsletter that goes out once a day. So uh, help us out. That includes the Morning Show Archive, by the way. And if you don't know what the Morning Show Archive, if you're asking about that, is there a button for that? No, there's not a button for it. Uh, I'll show you. This was yesterday's archive. It's just an, it's an article format. But when you click it, um, just so people see, on the video platforms at least, uh, but you guys on the radio, uh, what you've got is you've got the, the video part of the show. You've also got... Um, the podcast that comes on Anchor, which goes out to uh, Spotify. I think they're shadow banning me there. I don't know because I can't find it. But anyway, it, the, you've got the uh, Anchor, which is Spotify. You've also got uh, the SoundCloud podcast. So if you don't want to watch it, you just want to listen, you can do that. Uh, you'll get the video that we play at the first. You'll get all the articles we had for the previous day. You'll get the videos we played. You'll also get, like down here, this is Rotten to the Core Wednesday, so you've got all of the links and everything that we talked about with Lynn. And then you get some bonus videos. So if you're missing out on the bonus videos, um, yeah, you, you get these too. Okay, so <clears throat> be sure and uh, check that out at sonsoflibertymedia.com. And again, if you would like to help us out, there's buttons there at the top of the page of sonsoflibertymedia.com. You say, hey, I want to help. I agree with your message. I want to help keep you guys out there. Uh, there's a donate button. And then there's a son or daughter of liberty. Those are our monthly supporters. So thank you guys uh, very much for your support. We really do appreciate it. Um, I, I can't tell you uh, how much because you guys not only help support us uh, in keeping us out there. But in doing so, I mean, you help us keep things running here in our in our own homes uh, with that. So we do thank you. We really do. i got two quick videos I'm going to play. And then we're going to get in our topic today. Uh, this is, if you guys have seen it, some of this stuff gets starts making its rounds, you know. And you pick up on them, and they're like little nuggets of stuff in the past now, this is Frank Church. Now, you guys remember Frank Church. He was the guy who came out about the CIA 
heart attack gun. Uh, he was covering a lot of this stuff. This is 1975. I want you to listen to what Frank Church had to say about U.S. surveillance technology back then. 1975. That's let me count that out. 85, 95, 205, 215. That's that's like 47 years ago. 40, almost 48. All right. Take a listen. Senator Frank Church here. But let me tell you this. In the need to develop a capacity to know what potential enemies are doing, the United States government has perfected a technological capability that enables us to monitor the messages that go through the air. Uh, these messages uh, are between ships at sea, they could be between units, uh, military units in the field. We have a very extensive capability of intercepting messages wherever they may be in the airwaves. Now that is necessary and important to the United States as we look abroad at enemies or potential enemies. We must know. At the same time, that capability at any time could be turned around on the American people. And no American would have any privacy left, such as the capability to monitor everything, telephone conversations, telegrams, it doesn't matter. There would be no place to hide. If this government ever became a tyranny, if a dictator ever took charge in this country, the technological capacity that the intelligence community has given the government could enable it to impose total tyranny. And there would be no way to fight back because the most careful effort to combine together in resistance to the government, no matter how privately it was done, is within the reach of the government to know. Such is the capability of this technology. Now, why is this investigation important? I'll tell you why. Because I don't want to see this country ever go across the bridge. I know the capacity that is there to make tyranny total in America. And we must see to it that this agency and all agencies that possess this technology operate within the law and under proper supervision so that we never cross over that abyss. There, that's the abyss from which there is no return. All right. I don't know what this guy is singing at the end there, but anyway, captured a great point there. Great point. And we are living in it now. We've got an entire facility that records every stinking thing that goes on in the land. There's no way men can, can keep up with that. That's why they're developing this AI technology. AI technology is not about you know, making your life better. It's not about uh, figuring out your stock purchases and, and things of this nature. It's about surveilling you. It's about keeping you under the thumb of Big Brother. That's what it's about. You want to get rid of it? Stop telling me you want to keep the federal government and stuff. Stop telling me that stuff. Get rid of it. Starve it. Steal its money from it. Eliminate the Federal Reserve by eliminating the federal government, dissolving it, as the Declaration of Independence says. You get rid of that, you rip the heart out of the beast, you don't have any of this stuff anymore. You don't. 
Because they ain't nobody going to work if they're not getting paid. And there ain't no money coming if you eliminate the source of that money printing. You want to take it back? That's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take. Elimination of that and taking back your local community. Period. That's what it's going to take. And the former starts with the latter. That's You start locally and you start eliminating that. You start calling for the dissolution of the federal government. But, just like the defund the police, you guys know what I think about that. I'm fine with it if you're going to fill the vacuum, men. And I'm putting it on us. If we're willing to step up and be the law enforcement that the Constitution says we're supposed to be, and I think that God says, we're going to look at some guys who did this in the Bible. If we're willing to do that, then yeah, let's defund the thin blue line. Because it's not really even a thin blue line, to be honest. And the L.A. riots should teach you that. If you didn't learn that lesson by watching that, then you are an indoctrinated person that needs to be unindoctrinated. You really do. Good words from Frank Church, and this will be in the archive. This is another one. Now, this is completely off of here, but I got to tell you, when I see this young girl here, she's got this baggy sweatshirt on. It's covering her hand. She looks like she's got these baggy pants that are too big for her. A pink toboggan on. I call it a toboggan. I know you guys up north, a toboggan is a sled. Down here, toboggan's a hat. I'm gonna you wait till I bring my toboggan on here. You ain't seen a toboggan like mine. Yeah. You wait. Uh, maybe I'll pull that thing out of the drawer tomorrow and uh, put that on for you. And in any case. There's a part of me that pities this young lady because she obviously didn't have parents that ever told her no. They did what the Bible says. If you don't discipline your son, you show that you hate him. If you never correct them, you show hate. You don't show love. By the way, I want to make sure people understand what went on the past couple of days before Rotten of the Core Wednesday. I was correcting... Well, the first day, I was beside Silk and what she said. The second day, I was correcting her. I was not condemning her to hell. I was correcting her and hoping that somebody close to her would correct her. And yes, we've reached out. I haven't heard anything back. Like many people that I send stuff out to, I don't, hear, I don't know if it goes into spam. I don't know if they ignore me. I don't know. But this young lady right here, this is evidence of a non-functioning brain. Because a functioning brain would stop and contemplate one, what they're speaking about, and two, the response to them to see. Because when people respond to us, we should stop and ponder and we should say, okay, is that true or is it not? We may have to even go back and examine some of the things that we previously or that we hold to and say, oh, yeah, I missed that. I misunderstood a context of something, or whatever the case may be. I've been guilty of some of that. And I find that correction to be very beneficial to me. But this young lady hasn't had that. I want you to listen, and then, you know, I don't know who this lady is. She's been showing up in some videos. Maybe some of you guys can drop me a name in, in the chat or something as to who the lady is. What uh, she got the patience of Job and her response to this temper tantrum that's going on here is 
absolutely commendable. Take a listen to this. I'm a practicing pagan. Yep. I believe that I can do whatever I want. Yep. So she's a practicing and I pagan. I have the right to an abortion in my religion, yep. and it's completely So in many discreet. states that have restrictive laws against abortion, the temple of Satan is officially suing because they believe a woman should be able to sacrifice a child to abortion as part of the religious practice. So do you agree with the Church of Satan? Yeah, the Church of Satan should be able to do whatever they want. It's a religion, religious freedom. I mean, I believe- Listen to the non-thinking going on here. religious freedom. Yeah. We're in America. God yeah. bless America. Wait We're a minute, a you're country. a pagan. We should wait, wait, all God be- bless I think you're a pagan. It is, I mean, we all Can you kill me? Choices. You're Can not. You a, you're not me? an embryo. You're not. You're not an embryo. That is. See, you're thank a living you. human being, and so so is so, so is the embryo. Yeah, it's alive. <laughs> I don't care. It's not. I don't want it there. Oh yeah, it's alive. I don't care. It's not. I don't want it there. All right. So <sighs> this is what we've been brought up with. This is why Rotten to the Core Wednesday is so important. Where did she get that? Now, she might have got it from mom and dad, but I'll guarantee you she got it in the public indoctrination centers we call public schools. What did Lynn call it? Ch child? I forget what she said. I, I wanted to write that down, and I didn't because it was brilliant. She got this from the public indoctrination centers. That's where she got this. Her double standard, her, her double-mindedness, her lack of consistency. And look, we should all look to see if we're consistent in our worldview, in, you know, specifics that we deal with. We should look to see, are we consistent in this? And, uh, boy, I, it's, it's absolutely incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And when I heard this, I thought to myself, my goodness, what in the world is going on up in here? Um, let me hit this one, this one real quick. This is not a video, but uh, I don't, if you haven't seen this, Americans' tax dollars are at work. Now, that's if you're a taxpayer. But even if you're not a taxpayer, the debt's being thrown on you. Okay? The debt's being thrown on you and your family. I think it's like thirty dollars or $40,000 per individual of the family. It's ridiculous. Of course, when this system goes away, you know, what are they going to do? They are going to have to reset it, just like every time in history. Why do you think there was every seven years all the debts were forgiven? Yeah, that, that's Scripture. Because you can't maintain that kind of stuff. You just can't maintain it. So America's tax dollars are at work. Corrupt Ukrainian officials busted buying mansions, luxury cars, lavish vacations as people suffered. And where are they getting that money from? That's right, they're getting it right out of Congress. And the Biden administration. Listen to me very carefully. This is both parties doing it. Lindsey Graham, the senator from my state, is a treasonous, how shall I say this nicely because I know children listen, illegitimate child. He's a child of the devil. He's a sodomite from what I understand because I had some friends who I was told at one time they used to provide escorts. And Lindsey did not want women. He wanted men. Lindsey Graham at the forefront of pushing this Ukraine stuff. He's still continuing on where John McCain left him and John McCain left off out of Syria. But he's doing it in Ukraine. And they've been busted doing this. I mean, some of the pictures here are just incredible of, of what these guys have. And there's video there to document it as well. So what I want to do is today kind of go back to the issue of guns. Now, 
I'm going to reference the Second Amendment, but I want to tell you something. I can, we've done entire shows on the Second Amendment and on the militia. Uh, somebody who came in, they were commenting a lot during the diamond silk thing on Monday and Tuesday, but the lady's not there yesterday. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. You can come in and put 30 or 40 comments on that. We give you the information so you can do something, and you're MIA. This is why you don't get something done. Is because you chase after the shiny thing. Tacticalcivics.com. Listen to me carefully. You want to do something? You really want to do something where you can see the change? Where you can see the effect that you want to have in bringing justice? Go to tacticalcivics.com and learn your civic duty. Bring the grand jury in your county. Bring the militia back in your county. You, you'll have the two arms right there in judicial and executive to bring about the resolve that you want to see. And if there's enough of you, you can put the pressure on the judicial branch when you bring those guys to justice. You better do your duty or we're going to deal with you too, judge. That's where you're going to find it. So yesterday, uh, Matt Agris put out a, um, an article on Gavin Newsom. Yeah, Gavin is a hypocrite. He's a little effeminate dude. By the way, how many of you knew that Donald Trump Jr. has been dating? I think we all know what goes on behind the scenes. They're fornicating. Kimberly Guilfoyle, who was Gavin Newsom's wife. Now, how do you... Is there really a difference in ideology here? Ask yourself that. How do pe- how can two walk together unless they be agreed? Right? Isn't that what Amos says? Yeah. How was she with Gavin New- Newsom and then with Donald Trump Jr. if there's really this big of a difference between them? It's because there is no difference. Trump Jr. tells you what you want to hear. Just like his daddy. He tells you what you want to hear to get what he wants. And I'm sorry to say, uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle is like, and I'm not meaning to be mean. She is the epitome of ugly to me. If a woman has to cake so much makeup on her face, seriously, to try to appear beautiful, she's not beautiful. Sorry, I I don't see it. I don't see it. They're trying to make up because they're dirty and nasty on the inside. And the Bible says, women, it says, look, don't worry about your hair and the braids and the jewelry and all that stuff. Focus on a gentle and quiet spirit. I can honestly say, my wife doesn't wear any makeup. She's absolutely beautiful. And it's not because just of a physical appearance. It's because of her spirit. The spirit of the woman is that. Yeah, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, Debbie. You're exactly right. It is in the eye of the beholder. But when I see women doing all that stuff and they, they, they're they getting older and they're trying to dress like they're a teenager, I see a problem that's going on inside of them. Okay? That's just me. I, I, I see it. I see it going on. With that said, just wanted to throw that in as a side thing. Gavin was asked by CBS News about... Uh, there's nothing wrong with wearing makeup. 
let, let me let me say it the way my dad said it. If the barn needs painting, paint it. Okay, nothing wrong with that. I didn't say there was anything wrong with wearing makeup. What I said was when you cake it on to where your face becomes something, it wasn't. If you're accenting your face, if you're covering up a blemish, all these kinds of things, fine. I'm not going to get into this discuss, discussion long. But when you're doing it to completely alter how you look, I mean, totally, that's a problem. Okay? So, again, the barn needs painting. Paint it, ladies. Okay? Paint it. No problem. Um, Gavin Newsom was on, on Rumble, and, uh, well, the video's on Rumble, and he was on CBS News. So, and again, forgive me, I don't watch, I don't watch television as, I don't want to say we don't have a, a, a screen. I want to make the distinction. We have a screen. We watch some things, but we don't watch the programming that comes out of the Mockingbird Media. Okay. Um, this is uh, from CBS News, and I'm going to play this one, then I'm going to play the second one in just a second. This is Gavin Newsom, and they're talking about the Second Amendment, and he calls it a suicide pact. Gavin Newsom calls it a suicide pact. The Second Amendment, which protects the right of the individuals, the people, to keep and bear arms, while he's walking with, I don't know, three or four guys behind him who have guns. Take a listen. I mean, the, the Second Amendment's becoming a suicide pact, it feels like. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, and that's the only question the community wants. How do you get what about, I mean, what about our kids? When they're going to school? Um, what more can we do? And, you know, again, I, I, we look at that all the time. I mean, we did another half dozen gun safety bills last year. We'll continue to find whatever loopholes we can. We'll continue to lead the national conversation on gun safety reform. And the data bears out it works. It saves lives. California's No, it doesn't. Lower He's lying through his teeth. And yet, with all that evidence, no one on the other side seems to give a damn. Gun. Gun. Discover here's got a gun. Lady right here probably has one, too. Uh, Okay, so he said several things here. He said the Second Amendment is a suicide pact. No, it's not. No, it's not. It is to protect the rights of the people. That's what it's there for. Now, it doesn't do it on its own. The people are going to have to protect their rights. But they have a right to do that. That's the point. And the federal government, and I'm going to say any state government that is implying that they can write gun uh, gun control laws, gun confiscation laws is what I call them, are violating the very premise. They're violating the very premise that our rights come from God and not from them. They, they, they violate the idea... I, my rights don't come from the Constitution. I don't call them constitutional rights because they're not. Constitutionally protected, that's what they're supposed to be. But they're not. Let's just be honest about it. They're not being protected at any level, for that matter, in most cases. There are a few places where rights are protected, at least somewhat. Let me say it that way. But every time you give authority over to men you can expect the corruption to come in. Why? Because men are corrupt. Why do you think we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ that changes the hearts of men so they won't be corrupt? So that they'll be led by the Spirit of God. That's why we do it. That's why we call men to repent. So that they honor God. But here's the part uh, that Matt in his article here didn't play. And this is from this 
this interview as well. And I want you to listen to Gavin, you know, do his little effeminate thing with his hands. He reminds me of Obama, except in a different body. Just his mannerisms and everything else. Take a listen to this. It's always a weapon of mass destruction, isn't it? I mean, what's the, I mean, I get it. We can talk about the anomalous nature of this, and it certainly is. Uh, but what is also anomalous is the fact that there's a pattern here in the United States of America of these mass shootings that doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. Just okay, that is just nonsense. That is just nonsense. We have covered this. Uh, in several articles. I wish I had brought this up because it didn't hit me till just now. But <clears throat> there, the these mass school shootings, because most of them, um, I, I'm going to try to look this up while I'm, I'm saying this, but it, one of the things, yeah, you don't spell shooting S-C-H, do you, Tim? <laughs> uh, one of the things that I discovered and this came about when the guy out of uh, uh, Connecticut, what's that guy's name, Chris something. Anyway, when this guy showed up, you know, all, all during Sandy Hook, and after that, he was calling out all this, you know, this doesn't happen anywhere else in the world, blah, 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 blah. And um, it, it's, it's incredible to me. I don't know what the... Um, Let me let me see if I can just find it real quick. I had two when when he said that, I did two articles. And one of the one of the articles uh okay, so here's one here. America's deadliest school massacre occurred in 1927. Just going to show you this. And it had nothing to do with guns. Now that happened in America, that's true. Had nothing to do with guns. It was an explosive. And I think I'm going to find the link that I want to find in here. So, um, okay, so in, let's bring that up, and let's bring this one up, and I'll have these in the archive so you guys can take a look at them later. That one had, that was in 1927. Didn't have anything to do with guns. Not nothing. okay? This one here. The school shooting that killed over 300 and injured nearly 800, you probably didn't hear about in the media, and it wasn't in... The United States. It wasn't in the United States. It happened in 2004. 334 were killed. 783 were injured. Gavin isn't telling you about this. This happened in Beslan, North Ossetia, Alania, in Russia. I'll have the link up in the archive. Uh, if you want to check that out. Then let's talk about this one. The school shooting that resulted in over 2,000 killed that the gun grabbers won't tell you about. And where did this happen? Well, this happened at the beginning of the 20th century in Chile. And there was a protest involving men, women, and children at the Santa Maria School. And the dictator of the time had the army surround them, not let them go, and simply mowed them down. You see why the Second Amendment is important? Your government is a tyrant trying to get out of its lawful body. 
That's what it is. It is a body that's been that's supposed to be chained by the Constitution. But the tyrant is trying to break the chains, just like Psalm 2 says, the chains that's been put upon it, and let the tyrant out, let the beast out. That's what it's trying to do. This is why you have a Second Amendment, is to keep that beast in the cage. It's to keep the beast in the cage. And we're not doing that. Oh, we talk about our guns, and we have our shooting, and our NRA, and our GOA, and our all these Second Amendment groups and stuff. But we're not keeping the beast in the cage. That's what's going on. And Gavin Newsom isn't saying one word about that right there. But that's going to come into play, this last one, because the government was used to kill all those people, those 2,000 men, women, and children at that schoolyard. He's not saying one thing about that, and he doesn't bring it up. Why? Because he's pushing an agenda. And I'll tell you what, I think this guy's dumb as a box of hammers. When you watch him talk, he's just kind of, well, you know, this guy, it's, it's, he's got kind of a valley girl kind of talk with him. Uh, he's effeminate. Listen to what he says. And uh, maybe that should be the fundamental focus. Large capacity clips. Just- it's a magazine, Gavin. It's not a clip. A clip is something different. Any of you guys who've had the green tip ammunition, most of the time they come on a clip. It's a little metal band. goes on the back of the bullets. Okay? Let's get our terminology. If, you, if you're going to talk about this stuff, at least get the terminology right. It's not a clip. It's a magazine. Insane. There's no justification. Period. What's insane is people like Gavin Newsom advocating for laws to take guns out of your hands. Now, he's going to say he's not for that, but I'm going to show you he is. He's for that. What's insane are governors who are elected to uphold the law, tossing the law out and saying, no, we're going to do it my way. That's what's insane. That's what's criminal. That's what's sinful. That's what some justice ought to be brought upon his I don't know, GQ head or whatever. That's what should be being done. Full stop. It's insane. These people are perpetuating lunacy. Wait a minute. You're the guy who's perpetuating men being with men, women being with women. You're the, you're the guy perpetuating the, the murder, the beheading, the dismemberment, the body part sales of unborn children. And we're lunatics? We're insane? Hello, pot? This is Kettle. That's what he's saying. That's what he's doing. And should be ashamed of himself. Yeah, you should be oh, ashamed you of yourself. The Second Amendment is a suicide pact. Feels like many, it increasingly. But there's many people in this country that support the Second I, Amendment. I, I support and our, and our lawful gun owners. Yeah, I have great respect. I have no ideological opposition. With yes, he does. Reasonably and responsibly owning firearms and getting background checks. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, okay, okay. Let me let me let him say the rest of this, and then I'm going to make a comment on it. Okay. Being trained and making sure their locks, their kid doesn't accidentally shoot themselves or a loved one. Okay, where is that in the Second Amendment? I don't have any ideological opposition to those with the Second Yeah, he does. The Second Amendment says nothing about me having to prove my innocence, which is what a background check is, before I uh, keep and bear an arm or purchase it in order to keep and bear it. It says nothing about that. It's a, so we are ideologically opposed, Gavin. 
It says nothing about training for me to keep and bear an arm, although I believe you should train with your weapon, but I don't believe it's the force of government. And government saying, well, you have to go through this training in order to have that gun. Get your gun and then start training with it. That's a smart that's just a smart thing to do. If you you know, if you if you buy a car and you don't know how to drive, wouldn't it be a smart thing to learn how to drive? Yeah. <laughs> and he says all this other stuff. Oh, you gotta keep it locked up so your kid don't shoot it. Let me tell you something. My uncle told my cousin when he was two years old. It still blows my mind to today, but he told my, 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 my cousin, he said, Go in my bedroom and bring me my pistol. Kid goes in there, grabs the pistol. Brings it to his daddy. Doesn't fire it. Doesn't point it at anybody or anything. At two years old, he knew how serious a gun was. You say, Tim, that's insane. Not if you've taught your kids well. My heart breaks for these families that get guns, and they're so scared to show their kid their gun because they've seen all these stories about kids getting guns and shooting themselves, shooting somebody else, whatever, and they don't show them, and they hide it. Take your kids out. Let them shoot the gun. Let them hear the loud sound it makes. Let them see the destruction it makes. And I'm going to tell you what. You'll take away the curiosity from them that they won't go around playing with them. They know the seriousness of it. But if you hide it from them, they have a curious mind. They want to see. And they're going to hurt themselves or somebody else. That's what they're going to do. Okay? So this lockup stuff, you know, I have a gun safe too. doesn't have any guns because I lost them all in a boating accident. But, you know, we used to lock them up. Except for the ones I needed. My carry gun and the one I would use for home defense. Otherwise, what is a locked up gun doing? What is an unloaded gun doing? You're carrying, and you don't have one in the chamber, you're carrying an expensive brick. That's what you're doing. But here's Gavin's suggestion on all this. Take a listen. Absolutely not. Never suggested that. That's what they immediately do. He wants to take away your gun. He does. That is the whole point. If you don't do what Gavin thinks is right... Background checks, lock up your gun, go through training, uh, and only the guns that he wants you to have, because he's going to tell you that in a minute, then you shouldn't have a gun. That's the way Gavin thinks about it. Guns. I just want to take away weapons of war that are illegal on the streets of California. Okay, all right. I, I am for the Second Amendment. We are not ideologically opposed or anything like that, but I want to take away weapons of war that are illegal on the streets of California. How are they illegal, Gavin? Did you usurp your authority? Did the the legislature out there in California usurp their authority? Because didn't you guys swear to uphold the U.S. Constitution and the Bill of Rights? Yep, you did. And it says, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And it says arms specifically because it covers a wide view of that. We're going to talk about some of that in a little bit. By the way, we're probably going to go over a little bit today. I know you guys are really shocked. But he doesn't have a problem with the agents of the state, the cops, the thin blue line having these weapons of war, as he calls them. They're not. Let, let me just put it this way. And I've got this on the illustration. It was a meme that I made um, the other week that said it, it quotes the Second Amendment and it says this weapons of war is exactly the kind of arms the Second Amendment was written to protect. Let me say that again for you, quote-unquote, Second Amendment supporters who actually agree with what Gavin is saying about weapons of war. Weapons of war is or are, I probably messed that up when I did it, exactly the kind of arms the Second Amendment 
was written to protect. How do I know that? Well, if you go back in history, you'll see. It even went to private warships. Private warships. Gavin Newsom would have a herd of cows if somebody wanted to have a private warship. And yet, that is exactly what Thomas Jefferson and the Congress at the time, they used letters of mark and reprisal. You don't hear any talk about that now. No, we just need a standing army to go, and we'll just send them everywhere in these unconstitutional foreign wars. They used letters of mark and reprisal to fight the Barbary Wars. For those of you who don't know what the Barbary Wars are, that was where they went and fought the Muslims, the Barbary pirates. They went and fought... The, the followers of Islam, this is why Thomas Jefferson actually had a Quran, was to find out what his enemy believed. And they let private warships take their marines over there and kick their butts. That's what they did. Because they were keeping, they were taking uh, the people hostage. Now the Second Amendment is to protect weapons of war in the hands of the people. That's what it was. That's what it was written for. Morning should be illegal across the United States. It should be illegal across the. How in the world do you say you support the Second Amendment of a God-given right to keep and bear arms, which is not defined by however Gavin wants to do it? It's any kind of arm. My goodness, if we haven't learned anything, you can use anything. Read the FBI, even the FBI reports. Hands and feet and you know knives and pencils and whatever else is more of a, a weapon that's used than any handgun, any rifle. I'm not saying they're not used in crimes, but it's not the instrument that's the criminal. It's the person. And what Gavin wants to do is justify the criminal and condemn the inanimate object that doesn't even have a mind of its own. Doesn't grow legs, doesn't go out and shoot people, doesn't go out and stab people, doesn't do any of this. Just literally use common sense. Yeah, use common sense. And common sense tells me I need it to deal with criminals like Gavin Newsom. Because Gavin Newsom is going to take the boys in blue and he's going to send them after you. See, Gavin's not going to come to your house to take your guns. No, no, no. He's a tyrant. Tyrants are cowards. And so they use a lesser people. And when I say lesser, they're down below them in the hierarchy. They use them to come after you. This is why I say I'm fine with defunding the police if the men are ready to step up and be the law enforcers the Constitution said we should be. Totally fine with that. But you better be that because otherwise you're going to create a vacuum and guess what you're going to get? You're going to get the foreigners who come in and they're going to fill that vacuum. If you're not ready to step up, that's what's going to happen. Okay, so that was the end of the, the interview there. He wants to do away with weapons of war. And that sounds all great and fine and dandy. And then you go back to people like Dianne Feinstein. I was going to try to pull that up, and I forgot to pull that up too. But she said on 60 Minutes, if I'd have had the votes, I would have told, you know, I would have said, Mr. and Ms. America, turn them all in. And you saw after Sandy Hook, and you saw after Donald Trump pushed the red flag laws at Parkland, and she was like this, like some little witch that was, you know, Brewing her cauldron, dropping Eye of Newton, Tale of Lizard, and whatever else in her thing. She was all excited that Donald Trump had given the approval for her to do that. Let me ask you something. He says the numbers on their side. We, we've seen the studies. The previous assault weapons ban, as it was called, it's not assault weapons ban, 
or it's not assault weapons, that's for sure. We've seen the evidence of it. It didn't stop. It didn't slow down killings or any of this stuff. They stayed right about the same. They want to take your guns. That's the only thing keeping these demonically inspired, lust for power, criminal tyrants from just putting their boot on your face forever and your kids' faces. That's, that's the only thing. It really is. Trust me when I'm telling you this. But you can be armed to the teeth, and if you aren't willing to use them against a tyrannical government against you, and I'm talking about even individually, they're doing you no good. They're doing you no good. It's a museum that you've got, but you don't have an arsenal to fight back against the enemy. So let, let's let's look at a couple of things. I did this article, uh, this is 2014. Anybody remember Paul Revere? You know? Yeah, I know his history, I know his background and all, but but my point is is this. Paul Revere wrote wrote through it, he says, The British are coming, the British what is what is, why is he telling the people that? The British are coming for what? The British were coming to take the people's arms. They were coming to get their cannons. They're coming to get their muskets, their pistols, their black powder, all of it. And he was basically saying, to arms, to arms, the British are coming. And the men went and they gathered up all the armory and hid it away from the British. And you can see through history what these men endured. You can see why they formed the militia, or as they called them, the Minutemen. They were there. The Minutemen were citizens just like you and me, guys. And they were minute men. They weren't women. They were there to protect women. This was in a different time in our culture where we actually understood the difference between a man and a woman, and we understood the difference of the roles of the man and the woman. And when our forefathers had already put into practice, and they were doing it hundreds of years before, so it wasn't like the guys writing the Second Amendment came up with something new. They, they already knew they had a God-given right to protect themselves. But when they put that in place, do you know the United States didn't have any gun laws that I can find for 150 years? From 1776 to 1927. Now, keep in mind the date there. That comes after the Federal Reserve is installed. And it comes just before we get into the issue with World War II. Because the National Firearms Act, if you go read it, it's almost identical to Nazi Germany. To their Firearms Act. All of that's illegal. All of it's illegal. It's tyrannical. It is a threat to steal your property, to throw you in jail, to fine you, to do all these kinds of things. For things that you you have a right to hold and to use. And again, I've said it time and time again, there is nothing to fear from a, um, a, a lawful man having any kind of weapon, no matter what it is. And when I say a lawful man, I'm talking about a man of good character. He has good character. He's demonstrated it in his own home. 
So we can go back in history, and I'll, I'll have these links here. If you want to read the stuff that's there, especially this one about um, the British, you can do that. Now, when I finish out, I think what I'm going to do is Publius Holda. We've had her on the show before, and uh, Joanne Martin, and out of ten- Tennessee, and she's the little lady. I don't know. She's like four eleven with her heels on. I got a picture of her, and she's like, I don't know. She's like down here on me, and I'm not a super tall guy. I'm like six foot or whatever, but she's like way down here. Sweetheart of a lady, you put her behind here talking about these kinds of things, and she is a firebrand. She really is. I think I'm going to end the show uh, just playing this this video. It's about 25 minutes. Uh, well worth your time to hear what she has to say. Okay, well worth your time to hear it. Uh, but what I want to do is before we get to that, I want to get to this issue. Okay, well, you know, we use the Bible and the Constitution. I owe the Constitution to the guys who take the oath doesn't apply to me. Nothing in the Constitution says, you know, you citizen, you have to do this, that, and the other. No, it says, you citizen, you're protected, you're, you're the government, you're the one who employs the guys who come up here and are supposed to obey this thing. And again, I've said, if you own a store and your employees are stealing from you and they're, they're making fun of your customers and they're doing all this stuff and you don't do anything about it, well, you're not a very good business owner, are you? What about in government? Your government mocks you. It steals from you. It urinates on you and tells you it's raining. And don't question it. It tells you you're going to have to put certain things in your body and says it's safe and effective when it's neither. That's what your government does to you. And the people sit back and they take it like a slap in the face. Well, what does the Bible say about these kinds of things? Well, you know, Jesus did say in Matthew 5, he said, You have heard that it has been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, that ye resist not evil, but whoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. Now, what is Jesus talking about? Well, what had happened was there was a twisting of the text out of, and I, I brought it up here a little bit, Deuteronomy 19.21. And I'm going to bring that up. And let me just read that in the context. Beginning of verse 18, it says, And the judges shall make diligent inquisition. And behold, if the witness be a false witness and hath testified falsely against his brother, this is where the ninth commandment comes in, then shall ye do unto him as he had thought to have done unto his brother. All these false accusations against people, and they go to court and they win the thing. All right, start bringing the punishment against the false accuser that they wanted to bring against you. If that was to put you in jail, if that was to put you to death, or whatever the case, you start doing it to these people, and people are going to start keeping their mouth shut. Okay? So shalt thou put the evil away from among you, and those which remain shall hear in fear, and shall henceforth commit no more any such evil among you. And thine eye shall not pity, but life shall go for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Now, this comes out of due process. And the judges shall make diligent inquisition. Inquisition into what? One, the law, that they know the law, and two, into the matter at hand, to see who's telling the truth. And then he says, whatever you've harmed, if the guy's lost his eye, guess what? You get to lose an eye. If he's lost his tooth, you get to lose a tooth. Same thing happens when um, you find the two men who are fighting. The woman who's pregnant steps in the middle, and her child is killed. Basically the same thing. And that's up, if I'm not mistaken, I didn't pull that one up, but that one's up to the, the husband. 
as to what gets done. He can let it go if he wants to do it, if he wants to show mercy, if the person's repentant. But otherwise, it's the same thing. You harm the child, what did you harm in the child? We're going to do that to you. If, you, if the, she lost the child, we're going to do that to you. See, the Bible takes life, even in the womb, very serious. So, so that's there. So what Jesus is saying is, you've heard it said. He didn't say, it has been written. Because when he says it's written, he points back to Scripture. But here in the, the Sermon on the Mount, is what it's called, I say it's the, just the reestablishing of the law. That's all it is. He's bringing people back to the law. Not saying something new. He's saying old things. And he says, you've heard this is the way it is. And what he's talking about is they have taken it to the point where the Pharisees thought that individually they are just fine with doing these things. And if you don't believe me, go and read the story of the woman caught in adultery. What did those guys do? They wanted to have a kangaroo court on their own. Much like these Muslims you see that go into the streets in Iraq and Afghanistan, and they just all of a sudden just declare somebody is a sodomite, uh, declare somebody is a blasphemer, and they execute them right there. That's what they do. And this is what these Jewish guys, these Jewish leaders were doing too, by the way. Same thing. They were acting in the same capacity. And yet, the same Jesus, everybody thinks is gentle Jesus, and you turn the cheek and all this other kind of stuff. He's the same one who gave the word in the Old Testament, by the way. I don't know why people don't put that together. He's the one who gave the law at Sinai. He is the true and living God. And so what he was saying, he was saying in accordance with the word of God. That's what he was doing. If you don't get that, I don't know how to help you because it's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward as to what's going on there. But even the night before he was betrayed, look at what he said. Luke twenty-two thirty-six. Then he said unto them, this is his disciples, he's gathered with at the Last Supper. But now he that hath the purse, remember he asked them, he says, when I sent you out without money, were you taken care of? I sent you out without a cloak, were you not okay? He sent them out to the people, and they saw the power of God as they preached the gospel, as they cast out demons, as they healed the sick, all this kind of stuff. He says, but now he that hath the purse, let him take it, and likewise his scrip, and he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. Guys, we're going to continue this on just a little bit. SonsofLibertyMedia.com. Or at least I'm going to continue on a little bit. Then we're going to play this Publius Holder video. We'll probably go up another hour. SonsofLibertyMedia.com. Catch Bradley at 3. And Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning, 6 a.m., bright and early. Talk to you then. See you. Okay, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And uh, I want to move through some of these passages here because I do think they're, they're important. Um, so we, we covered that, and, and there's numerous scriptures I could go through. I'm also going to have this article up. This is by um, Larry Pratt. Got to interview Larry. Uh, he's the head, or was the head, I don't know if he still is or not, of Gun Owners of America. Self-defense is biblical. I'll have this link up a little bit later on. This was written back in, well, I posted it in 2015. It might have been written quite a bit ways back, but uh, some of the points he makes is, Self-defense in the Old Testament. Uh, Exodus 22, uh, verses 2 and 3. I didn't bring this up, but I'll just... Uh, I didn't bring it up in the, the big version of it. But it says, If the thief is found breaking in and he is stuck so that he dies, there shall be no guilt for his bloodshed. 
If the sun has risen on him, there shall be guilt for his bloodshed. He shall make full restitution. If he has nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. And, uh, you know, one of the, one of the, that's just one. That's an issue of self-defense. And he's talking about the difference between a burglar, somebody who comes in at night and they're trying to steal from you and you can't see them. You don't know. You just know they're not part of your house. Uh, You kill them, that ain't on you. Good for you. You did the right thing. In the daytime, might be a different story. Just kind of depends on the situation. If the guy's there, he's, you know, we're even told if the guy's there to, he's stealing food to sustain himself, then you should have mercy on the guy. Doesn't make it right what he's doing. You should have mercy on him. Um, nevertheless, th- there is a distinction of how that's that's played out. So everything doesn't just, it's not this broad brush kind of appeal. And uh, I think Larry Pratt does a pretty good job of kind of pointing out what's going on there uh, in the passage. Another one is, I, I just want to bring this up. Now, this is from the Westminster Larger Catechism. And the catechism is not a bad word. It's not a Roman Catholic word or something like that. It actually comes from the Greek word katecheo, which Paul uses in the New Testament. And this is teaching by question and answer. And you guys remember reading the story of the Exodus. And as they're having the Passover meal, the Lord says, And when your children ask you why you're doing this, tell them, and he lays it out. So the catechism is nothing more than somebody asks a question, somebody gives an answer. That's how it is. And I think that's how we that's how we, that's how I learn. I ask questions. And I'm either going to come to the conclusion that I disagree with you or that I agree with you. Or maybe I have a little both. But this is dealing with the sixth commandment because I know some people are going to come up and say, What well, says thou shalt not kill? Well, the killing part is actually premeditated murder. That's what it's saying. We translate it as kill. There's killing that goes on that's perfectly legitimate. There really is. There's killing that goes on that's perfectly legitimate. Every time the death penalty is imposed, if it's done lawfully, not you know railroading people and stuff like this, but if it's done lawfully with the witnesses, with due process or confession or whatever the case may be, that's perfectly fine. That is a just punishment. It is a mercy to the people who are still going to be living. Here's what the Westminster Larger Catechism says, what is the, or which is the Sixth Commandment? The Sixth Commandment is, Thou shalt not kill. And what are the duties required in the Sixth Commandment? Listen very carefully to what this is. The duties required in the Sixth Commandment are all careful studies and lawful endeavors to preserve the life of ourselves and others by resisting all thoughts and purposes subduing all passions, and avoiding all occasions, temptations, and practices which tend to the unjust taking away the life of any. And I want you to get at that. The life of any. I don't care if they're from a different country. I don't care if they got a different religion, a different creed, or any of that stuff. It is the individual coming and trying to murder someone else You're not to be doing that. You're to take every precaution to stop it from yourself and to stop it from others. Okay? And you do this by just defense thereof against violence, patient bearing of the hand of God, quietness of mind, cheerfulness of spirit, a sober use of meat, drink, psychic, uh, sleep, labor, and recreations, by charitable thoughts, love, 
compassion, meekness, gentleness, kindness, peaceable, mild and courteous speeches and behavior, forbearance, readiness to be reconciled, patient, bearing and forgiving of injuries, and requiting good for evil, comforting and succoring the distressed, and protecting and defending the innocent. And you'll notice, I'll have this up so you can see it in the, in the archive if you're interested in that. Here is all of the scripture references for everything that, that the Catechism speaks about of how we're to conduct ourselves as believers. That's how we're to do it right there. We're to be patient with people. You know, I tell my boys, I said, be careful about it. If you're going to start swinging fists or if you're going to pull out a gun, just remember, once you start down that road, you'll be looking over your back. You'll be looking over your shoulder all the time. You will. Because that breeds that. And so it talks about your long-suffering and your patient, but you do everything to preserve life from those who wish to take it. And so if a guy shows up in the mall and he pulls out his gun, you remember that thing that happened, was it last year? Uh, the young man shot the guy with a handgun from across the opening, you know, of the floors, took him out as he comes out of the restroom with his gun drawn. Yeah. That's fulfilling the sixth commandment. But he killed him, Tim. No. He did kill him, but it wasn't murder. He was defending life. Lots of lives. And was held as a hero, and rightly so. And we all know it. Let's not deceive ourselves. He rightly was called a hero because of what he did. I want to give you an instance here. This, is, um, this comes from Judges. I made mention of this the other day. Judges, chapter 3. This is one instance of where I'm talking about. You don't see these guys go out with protest signs. I'm not against protesting. I think it has its place. Okay. You don't see them go out with protest signs. You don't see them gather a crowd and they got a bullhorn and they're shouting or whatever. They I guess they would have had an actual bullhorn <laughs> uh, or, or something, that an elk horn or whatever it is that they use for the blowing their, their, their trump, what they called the trumpets, which was a horn. Um, no, you don't see that at all. This is out of the book of Judges, chapter 3. And listen to what happened. And we don't find any condemnation with this guy. Here's what happened. Verse 11. And the land had rest 40 years, and Othniel, the son of Kenaz, died. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord strengthened Eglon, the king of Moab, against Israel. You remember Moab in the law, uh, 13 generations, they weren't supposed to be a part of um the the commonwealth of israel they weren't supposed to come in there and not only that it's interesting when you go back and you read the book of ruth and you see ruth come in she's a moabitess she comes in after that 13th generation and she says your people are going to be my people your god's going to be my god your commands are going to be my commands your culture is going to be my culture she was willing to submit herself to the god of israel to his laws and to his commandments but when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, so they're being, they're having tyranny from King Eglon, or Eglon from Moab. They cried unto the Lord, just like they did in Israel when they were being oppressed. And the Lord raised them up a deliverer. Isn't that what he did with Moses? And what did Moses have to do? Well, first Moses took out an Egyptian who was beating one of his own. One of, one of Moses' people. 
And I don't think it was murder. I think he killed the guy. I think he did it. He took, he, he, as we say here in South Carolina, it's sort of an extended castle doctrine that if somebody's being oppressed or they're being harmed like that, you take up their rights to defend them. That's what Moses was doing. Here goes, um, here goes, um, God, he raised them up to deliver Ehud, the son of Gera, a Benjamite, a man left-handed, and by him the children of Israel sent a present unto Eglon, the king of Moab. <laughs> uh, sent a present. But Ehud made him a dagger which had two edges of a cubit length, and he did gird it under his raiment upon his right thigh. And he brought the present unto Eglon, king of Moab. And Eglon was a very fat man. And when he had made an end to offer the present, he sent away the people that bear the present. But he himself turned again from the quarries that were by Gilgal and said, I have a secret errand unto thee, O king, who said, Keep silent. And all that stood by him went out from him. And Ehud came unto him, and he was sitting in a summer parlor, which he had for himself alone. And Ehud said, I have a message from God unto thee. And he arose out of his seat, and Ehud put forth his left hand, and took the dagger from his right thigh, and thrust it into his belly. And the haft also went in after the blade, and the fat closed upon the blade, so that he could not draw the dagger out of his belly, and the dirt came out. And Ehud went forth through the porch and shut the doors of the parlor upon him and locked them. And when he was gone out, his servants came. And when they saw that, behold, the doors of the parlor were locked, they said, Surely he covereth his feet in his summer chamber. Now that's uh, covering the feet, from my understanding, is he's going to the bathroom. And they tarried till they were ashamed, and behold, he opened not the doors of the parlor. Therefore they took a key and opened them, and behold, their Lord was fallen down dead on the earth, and Ehud escaped while they tarried, and passed beyond the quarries, and escaped into Sarath. And it came to pass, when he was come, that he blew a trumpet in the mountain of Ephraim, and the children of Israel went down from him from the mount and before them. And he said unto them, Follow after me, for the Lord hath delivered your enemies, the Moabites, into your hand. And they went down after him and took the fords of Jordan toward Moab and suffered not a man to pass. And they slew of Moab at that time about 10,000 men. This is one guy who led this, but he did lead them. By example, all lusty and all men of valor and there escaped not a man. So Moab was subdued that day under the hand of Israel and the land had rest fourscore years, 40 years, 40 years of rest. Because they dealt with the tyrant. And they had repented of their sin. They had repented of their sin. And this is, you can pick all kinds of guys in the Old Testament. They're not condemned for it. They're not condemned for what they did. Samson, where's the condemnation for him whooping hundreds of Philistines? It's not there. David, leading the armies against Goliath, and the Philistines, where is the problem there? Gideon, where is the problem there? Going up against the, the armies of Moab. It's not there. No, they dealt, with the, they dealt with the criminals. They dealt with the tyrants. And they gave mercy to the people as a result. That's what they did. 
oh Tim, we shouldn't be killing people and we shouldn't be doing it. Well, you know what? I don't. I'm not. I'm not one that wants to do any of that. I'm like Bradley. I don't. I don't like violence, but violence has its place, and sometimes violence brings good. Yes, it does. Yep, it sure does. What does the Bible tell us? Ecclesiastes 3. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to, what does that say? What, what, what is that word there? What, what is that? A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. This is a time for war. And they're going to bring it to us if we don't bring it to them. It's as simple as that. And you've heard me. The weapons of our warfare, at least on the offensive front, are not carnal. They are not these things that carry copper, lead, projectile shooters or firers or whatever, launchers. Trying to find a different way to say that. That's not what we use on the offensive. We use the Word of God. It's sharper than every two-edged sword. That's what we use. And people are scared to bring up the Word of God in its context to rebuke and to correct and reproof not only people in the church, but those who are in their government. That's what you use first and foremost. And when government does what government does, which is use force to enforce its unlawful demands, then you have the right, yea, the duty... To take up your arms against those who would do you harm in your family and your neighbors. You have a duty to do it. You have rights, authorities, or liberties to do your duty before God and man. That's why you have them. That's why you have them. Plain and simple. And by the way, Proverbs 25, 26. For those of you who have a problem with what I'm saying, A righteous man falling down before the wicked is as a troubled fountain and a corrupt spring. If you're going to bow the knee to people like Gavin Newsom, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, Lindsey Graham, any of these lawless, treasonous representatives... You're like a troubled fountain, a corrupt spring. You're muddying the waters. You may say you're constitutional. You may say you're a Christian. You may say you're a conservative. You may say you're a gun owner, and you may say I'm for the Second Amendment. But if you bow before them, if you fall down in front of them, you're no better than they are. In fact, you're worse. You're worse than they are. I go back to what Jesus said. And let me just sort of end on this. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to play this out. I'll put it on and, uh, and you guys will be able to see it. But 
The night before he's betrayed, Jesus is telling the disciples, I read it for you out of Luke, you, you need to get yourself a sword. It's like a short sword. It's not like a samurai thing. Why did he say that? Were they going to be like the Muslims and they're going to convert you at the tip of the sword or like the Roman Catholics who would do something similar except usually it involved worse torture and stuff? No, that's not what it was. It was to defend themselves. They were going on journeys much like the, 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 the Jewish guy in the Good Samaritan story. And he was caught by a band of thieves and they beat him. And they left him for dead and they stole his stuff. And then his enemy, the Samaritan, comes along and helps him. And he knew stuff like this would happen. And he says, I don't, you know, go out there and defend yourself. I mean, yeah, trust in me, but defend yourself. Be men. And if you'll notice, that very night, Peter goes out. He's got the sword, right? But Peter hasn't been paying attention, and neither have the other disciples about what Jesus said. He says, he told them before, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to be delivered up the Sanhedrin here. I'm going to be flogged. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to die. They're going to bury me. But the third day, I'm going to rise again. And they don't get it. They're, it's just like, what are you talking about, man? They don't get that he's going to die. They're not expecting that at all. I think even at the table, they don't really understand what's going on. What is this bread, your body, and the wine, your blood? What is this stuff? What? What are you talking about? Until... The Romans show up with Judas. The Bible says that Peter came forward and he pulled out his sword, his dagger, and he cut the high priest's ear off. And see, all the people who reject what I'm saying, who call themselves Christians, they'll say, see, Jesus said, put your sword back. If you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. Put your sword away. Peter had zeal. He lacked knowledge. Jesus came for such a time as that. His destiny was to go to the cross. He was the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That's why he came. And so Peter was interfering, kind of like when Jesus told him before what he's going to do. And Peter says, far be it from you, Lord, to do any of this. And he goes, get behind me, Satan. See, Peter's full of zeal, but he's ignorant. And so Jesus says, put your sword away. But he told them, get your sword. You're going to need it. If you got to sell a cloak, sell it. And I hear people say, oh, well, he meant buy a Bible. Really? Really? Is that what you think he meant? I got to tell you, that's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. Has nothing to do with that. He's given them practical advice because he had given them practical advice before to say, just trust me when you go out here. Don't go with any money. I'll provide for you. Mm-hmm. You went without these things. I took care of it. Now I'm going away, and this is what I want you to do. Go get a sword. And now we bring the sword of the Lord, the Word of God, that gives us the truth. And friend, if you don't know the Lord Jesus, and you're wondering what's going on here, and you're looking around and you're going, well, I, I don't And even if you do, and you're not a Christian... You get that you get that world you borrow from the worldview of the Christian worldview. You really do. But if you don't have that, if you're saying, "Oh yeah, government's going to take care of us." I doubt we have anybody on listening to this show who's going to be saying that, but there might be some. 
or you want to build up tyrants, whether they be the boys in blue or the guys in the feds or the guys at the state house or your county council, you want to build them up and say, hey, yeah, you guys are just fine trampling over our rights and the rights of our children, this, that, and the other. You need to repent. You need to repent. You need to submit yourself to the Lordship of Christ. There is no king, not only in this country, but in every land around the world, but Jesus. That's it. And when I speak about God-given rights to do your duties, that applies in every land that will hear my voice. Every land. It's not just America. I've told you, if they scrap our Constitution, if they took out the Second Amendment, or they want to you know, rewrite all that stuff, it does not eliminate your God-given rights. It just means they're going to take off the mask and say, we're going to show you who we really are instead of pretending along with you, like Gavin, who says, I agree with the Second Amendment. We, there's no difference in ideology. Oh, yes, there is. But let me tell you something. People are blinded because they sin against God. And they don't see things for what they are. And you've got to turn from your sin. The king commands it. I don't command it. I'm not the king. I don't lord anything over you. I have no authority over anybody listening to this broadcast. None. Nor do I want it. But you've got to submit to the king. And if you don't submit to the king, guess what? The king's going to come in and he's going to destroy you. Yep, he's going to crush you. You either fall on the rock for mercy, or that rock's going to fall on you and it's going to crush you and grind you to powder. And the Bible calls you to repent and to turn unto Christ. Um, those of you I, who are brothers and sisters of the Lord, I hope what we said here today is encouraging to you, and it's and it, it's an exhortation to take your ideas of using your rights and your liberties to do what God has said more seriously to train. I, I encourage people, train with your weapons. Not just a target practice, but if you can get some tactical training and stuff like that, if you can get together with people of like mind, Again, tacticalcivics.com. Bring that stuff to bear in your own county. Now, we're going to take this up. This is about 25 minutes, and this is where we're going to close out. This is Publius Holdup. This is on federal gun control. Any kind of legislation about that is unlawful. Guys, have a great day. Bradley be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And then 6 a.m. bright and early in the morning. Lord willing, we'll see you then. Here's Publius. Does the federal government have lawful authority to make any restrictions on our guns and ammunition? No. Most people assume that they do, since that's what the federal government has been doing. But they don't have lawful authority. I'll show you. Let's look first at when the federal government started restricting firearms. It was in 1927 when Congress banned the mailing of certain weapons. We went from 1776 to 1927, 150 years after our founding, when Congress decided we better start disarming the American people. Remember, the progressives had taken over the federal government by this time. In 1934, the federal government started regulating gangster weapons. In 1938, Congress told gun dealers they had to get a federal firearms license and maintain records of the names and addresses of persons who bought firearms. Restrictions on gun ownership have increased, and we now have a president and powerful political forces who want to disarm us entirely. So what are we going to do about it? 
Are we going to beg for crumbs and ask them to please let us keep some of our weapons if we get a license and pass their background check? Some of you may have seen the letter from the Utah Sheriff's Association. It is shameful because it begs Obama to let Congress decide what regulations to impose and don't do it by executive order, please, Mr. President. But we must make a principled resistance. To do that, we must learn the applicable principle. So let's see what our Constitution says about whether the federal government has lawful authority to impose gun control. Now here is an interesting but little known fact about our Constitution. It is one of enumerated powers only. When we, the people, ordained and established the Constitution, we created the federal government. It is our creature. We are the creator. It is the creature. It is not our master. We listed, itemized, enumerated every single power we delegated to the federal government. That's why the Constitution is so short. <laughs> Depending upon how you count, we delegated only 21 powers to the federal government. The powers we delegated to Congress over the country at large are listed primarily at Article 1, Section 8, Clauses 1 through 16. So where in the Constitution did we, the people, delegate to our creature authority to restrict... Nowhere. We never gave the federal government that authority. It becomes so simple, easy, and clear when you just look to the Constitution. So, all laws made by Congress, all rules of the Bureau of Alcohol, Firearms, and Tobacco, any and all executive orders which purport to restrict firearms, and any and all Supreme Court opinions which purport to restrict firearms are all unconstitutional as outside the scope of the powers we delegated to our creature in this Constitution. Now let's talk about the right of self-defense. Our natural right to defend ourselves, our families, and our communities from attack is as old as human history. The Declaration of Independence at the second paragraph says our rights come from God. God. And it is God who gave us the right to defend ourselves with lethal force if necessary. The Second Amendment is not the source of our right. It is merely, it merely recognizes that the right is to be free from any interference whatsoever by the federal government. What is it about the word infringe that we do not understand? Our framers were all for an armed American people. They understood that arms are our ultimate defense in the event the federal government oversteps its bounds. James Madison, father of our Constitution, writes in the second half of Federalist Paper number 46 that the reason the citizens, that's the militia, 
are armed is to defend ourselves, our families, communities, and states in the event the federal government ignores the Constitution limits on its delegated powers and turns into a tyranny. Now let's look at the early days of our republic. Our framers thought a heavily armed citizenry was a wonderful idea. I'll give three examples proving this. The militia fought in our war for independence. In the movie Patriot, Mel Gibson's character commanded a South Carolina militia. These were civilians who took up arms against the British. Everyone knew that the militia was the armed citizens, farmers, shopkeepers, blacksmiths, clergy. The militia still is the citizens. Two, do you know what a letter of mark and reprisal is? Article 1, Section 8, Clause 11 authorizes Congress to grant letters of mark and reprisal. That clause permits Congress to authorize privately owned armed ships to make war on our enemies. During the depredations of the Barbary pirates during the administration of Thomas Jefferson, Congress issued a letter of mark and reprisal authorizing a privately owned armed ship to go make war on the Barbary pirates. In the War of 1812, when the British attacked us, Congress issued letters of mark and reprisal authorizing privately owned armed ships, privateers, to attack British ships. These privateer ships were as heavily armed as the ships of our own Navy. Our framers had no problem with we, the people, being as heavily armed as our regular military. That is because they did not see themselves as our rulers. Now let's see where the Constitution granted authority to Congress to require all able-bodied adult male citizens to get armed. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 16. Pursuant to that clause, in 1792, Congress passed the Militia Act of 1792. This act required all able-bodied male citizens, except, of course, for federal officers and employees, between the ages of 18 and under 45, to buy a rifle, ammunition, and report for training in their local militia. As Section 1 of the Militia Act of 1792 shows, the militia is the civilian citizens. So our framers thought it such a fine idea that the American people be armed that they required it by law. And they contemplated an American people who were so heavily armed that they could be privateers and wreak vengeance on our enemies under letters of mark and reprisal. That is the Constitution our framers gave us. That is the Constitution we still have. Now we must invoke it. There are ominous signs all around us. Why are Obama and his henchmen trying to disarm us? What was the leading cause of unnatural death in the 20th century? Governments murdering their own people, democide. 
Soviet Russia, Nazi Germany, Communist China, Cuba, Cambodia, North Korea, all over the world, communist and fascist and Islamic dictatorships murder their own peoples by the tens of millions. And do not think that that isn't coming this way. Obama's buddy Bill Ayers sat around with his weather underground cohorts planning how to kill 25 million Americans, and I'm sure the number is much higher now. But before they round us up and take us away to the extermination camps, they must disarm us. That is what is going on. Ann Coulter pointed out recently that universal registration leads to confiscation, and confiscation leads to extermination. It always has. Why do you think they are so hell-bent on disarming us? If the federal government has slingshots, all we need is slingshots. If the federal government has muskets, all we need is muskets. But if the federal government has fully automatic weapons and hollow points, and all we have is muskets, we will be murdered by the tens of millions. Amen. To those who believe that the federal government should have a monopoly on force, read the second half of Federalist Paper number 46 written by James Madison, father of our Constitution. The purpose of armed citizens is to fight the federal government if the need arises. So let us have no more talk of reasonable restrictions and background checks imposed by the federal government. When you fight the dragon, are you going to cut off its head or are you going to beg permission to trim its claws? When you are drawing the line in the sand, where are you going to draw it? Are you going to agree to some infringements by the federal government? Or will you draw the line at the Constitution which says the federal government may not impose any restrictions? We should be nullifying, ignoring, all federal laws and rules restricting guns and ammunition. Ignore them. We must cut the head off the dragon and cut and draw the line at the Constitution. Now, this is a charming essay, The Coming Day of Burn Barrels and Blessings. Um, it was posted on survivalblog.com by James Wesley Rawls. Now, he is a manly man. He proposes we set aside a day where all the gun dealers bring their records of firearm sales, their federal firearms licenses, their ATF rule books, and all other such unconstitutional stuff to their local town square where burn barrels will be set up and they will burn it all. Rawls plans to wear a Guy Fawkes mask the movie V for Vendetta tells you all about Guy Fawkes and suggests that everyone else wear a mask also. On the same day, the dealers will wipe their computers clean of all such records, claiming, if asked, that they were forced to do so by masked men carrying guns. <laughs> and remember, the federal government has no lawful authority to make any restrictions or infringements throughout the country on our right to keep and bear arms. Now I have a few words for all state and county officers about their oaths of office. 
Article 6, Clause 3 of the Federal Constitution and Article 1, Section 4 of the Tennessee Constitution require every official in this state to support the Federal Constitution. When you acquiesce in unconstitutional acts of the federal government, you are not supporting the Constitution. You are conniving with tyrants against your own people. And if you connive with tyrants against your own people so that you can keep your federal funding, then shame on you for becoming so corrupt that you allow yourself to be bribed with money that your grandchildren will have to pay back. And if you connive with tyrants against your own people because you are too cowardly to stand up to them, then you need to resign your office and let a manly man or a womanly woman do the job you are too chicken to do. Our Declaration of Independence recites how our, and this makes me weep, how our forefathers opposed with manly firmness. King George's invasions on the rights of the people. But yesterday at the hearing on Senator May Beaver's bill, three members of the Senate Judiciary Committee showed that they lack the manly firmness to, impose, to oppose federal invasions on our God-given rights to self-defense. Yes. Who are they? Who are they? Tell us who they are. Um, Brian Kelsey, Overby, and uh, Finney. <laughs> now a few words about the Tennessee Constitution and a state militia. When in 1870 the present Constitution for the state of Tennessee was ratified, the people of Tennessee contemplated an armed citizenry. Article 8 of the Tennessee Constitution authorizes a state militia. Our state legislature may lawfully do the same thing for our state that Article 1, Section 8, Clause 16 authorizes Congress to do for the country at large. We can form a state militia, require all able-bodied male citizens to join. We may exempt males who are members of pacifist churches. And we may provide that any other able-bodied male citizen who doesn't want to show up for musters and training must pay a fine. Yeah. Article 1, Section 28 of the Tennessee Constitution says that no citizen of this state shall be compelled to bear arms provided he will pay an equivalent to be ascertained by law. This shows that the people of Tennessee once understood the importance of having all able-bodied male citizens, except for federal officers and employees, you don't want them in your militia, armed. <laughs> Anyone who was not willing to take up arms in defense of this state could be fined. Yet Senators Kelsey, Overby, and Finney on the Senate Judiciary Committee aren't willing to lift a finger to prevent the federal government from disarming us entirely. What we need is some of that manly firmness Thomas Jefferson wrote about in the Declaration of Independence. And now I have a dire warning about the Second Amendment. 
our misplaced focus on the Second Amendment as being the source of our right to keep and bear arms is a looming disaster. Yeah, that's right. I'll show you how judges on the Supreme Court look at this. Article 3, Section 2, Clause 1 gives federal courts judicial power over all cases arising under this Constitution. The Second Amendment is part of the Constitution. Therefore, federal judges have judicial power over the Second Amendment. That means, in their minds, that they have the power to determine what the Second Amendment means that they have the power to determine the scope and extent of the right. That's what they believe. In D.C. v. Heller, which was decided in 2008 by the Supreme Court, five judges on the Supreme Court said the Second Amendment gives us an individual right to keep and bear arms unconnected with service in the militia. But four judges said it didn't give us that right. Now here's the warning. If Scalia, Thomas, Alito, or Kennedy die, and Obama points the replacement, you will have five judges on that court saying the Second Amendment does not give individuals the right to keep and bear arms. That is why we must stop babbling about our Second Amendment rights, because we are one Supreme Court justice away from having our precious Second Amendment right taken away from us forever. The letter from the Utah Sheriff's Association regurgitates the ignorant babble about how the Second Amendment is what gives us the right to bear arms. Well, just wait until Obama or Hillary replaces one of our four remaining judges on that court. So we better start pointing to the Declaration of Independence, second paragraph, and insist that our right to keep and bear arms to self-defense comes from Almighty God and is unalienable, and no black-robed human can touch it. Come on, sister, preach it. And now a few words about the very high status of the county sheriff. Your office is provided for in the Tennessee Constitution. You are elected by the citizens of your county. You take an oath to support the federal constitution and the Tennessee Constitution. You are the highest law enforcement official in your county. I haven't read Sheriff Mack's book, The County Sheriff, America's Last Hope, but I have watched with delight, as I think you will too, a series of five short videos where Sheriff Mack explains the powers and duties of the county sheriff. You can find the videos if you Google Sheriff Mack, the power of the county sheriff. The federal government has no lawful authority to restrict our arms. We didn't delegate that power to the federal government in the federal constitution. <coughs> The Tennessee Constitution contemplates an armed citizenry, the state militia with its mandatory membership. Since the sheriffs swore to support our federal and state constitutions, then you must not permit federal authorities to come into your county and disarm your people. If
if our lace panty wearing Tennessee state legislators <laughs> refuse, refuse to stand up with manly firmness to the lawless acts of the federal government as they attempt to disarm us, then our sheriffs really are our last hope. But you are not alone. You have the specific statutory authority, <laughs> section 38-3-102, to form your own posse with as many men in your county as you think proper. Sheriff Max said he had 125,000 armed men in his posse. This, this is how you defend your people in your county in the event the federal government invades your county and attempts to disarm your people. In closing, a warning about the despair business of federalizing the county sheriffs and the Tennessee State Highway Patrol. When Obama ran for office, he said he wanted a civilian national security force, which is, quote, just as powerful, just as strong, just as well-funded as the military, end quote. Why does he want a civilian national security force? I'll show you. Congress holds the power over our military. Pursuant to Article 1, Section 8, Clauses 11 through 16, Congress is the one who declares war, determines the funding, and makes the rules for the governance of the military. Under the Constitution, the President is merely the Commander-in-Chief. The Federalist Papers say that Commander-in-Chief is merely the top general. Congress controls our armed military. Obama wants a powerful armed force over which he has total and exclusive control. The Department of Homeland Security is an executive agency under his control, and that is the vehicle he is using to federalize state and county law enforcement by putting them under the control of Homeland Security. Now, in 2004, the Tennessee State Legislature passed Section 38-3-114, which effectively puts the county sheriffs, you, under the control of the Department of Homeland Security. I don't know if they're enforcing it now, but it is in place for them to enforce when the time is ripe for them. This is the department which, which published the memo saying that veterans, Bible-reading Christians, people who talk about the Constitution, people who oppose abortion, and people who support gun rights are dangerous to the federal government. We need to, we need to get Section 38.3.114 and the parallel provision for the State Highway Patrol repealed this session. And if our panty waste legislators don't repeal it, then just ignore the damn thing. <laughs> don't take any money from the federal government. You don't need federal money to arm your posse. The members of your posse as manly men should arm themselves. Thank you.
That's Publius Holda. You can find her at publiusholda.com, and uh, she also contributes on occasion. She's very uh, adamant in, uh, in in dealing with the uh, Convention of States to come in into the states and get the petition for an Article 5 con- Constitutional Convention. Don't buy what Mark Meckler and all the liars in his organization are telling you, because they are liars. Go back and do your own research. Look up, go to the Wayback Machine. Just put in Wayback Machine. You can click on it. You can go there. <clears throat> and what you need to do is you need to put in conconcon.org and go back to, I don't know, 2012, 2011, maybe before that. That's Mark Meckler's site. He was calling it a constitutional convention until he until he realized that people weren't buying what he's saying. They're like, we're not going down that road. And he started calling it the convention of states. They are snookering the people, okay, with that whole thing. Because they tell you, if we just write more words, the tyrants will obey those words. I know they aren't obeying the words that are written now, but they'll obey these words. That's a fool's errand. And sadly, people who ought to know better, like Michael Ferris, HSLDA, he should know better. But he pushes the stuff. I opposed him down here at the South Carolina State House some years back on that. You've never defeated tyranny. Nobody in all of history has defeated tyranny with words. Just ain't going to happen. Or pieces of paper that they write those words on. Because the tyrants are already violating those words that are already written that you know they're written, and somehow you want to support them. You want them to remain in office as long as they'll do these new words that you say. Don't be deceived, friends. We need to rid ourselves of the federal government. I'm going to tell you, I don't think it was a good idea in the first place, that the extent even that the Articles of Confederation took it. I'd rather go back to that, but uh, even the extent that they took it. Whenever you centralize, in my mind, except you're under Christ, the true and living Christ, I'm not talking about the fake Christ that the Roman Church sends you, the true and living Christ, every time you submit yourself to that, it becomes the Tower of Babel. Let's us get together so we're not scattered and destroyed across the earth. That is the whole concept of the metropolis cities we have in America. I don't want to get off on a rant here because we're talking about the arms, but anyway, publiusholda.com. <clears throat> I learned a ton of stuff from her. I'm thankful to God that uh, she did that blog. Most of it is all just purely constitutional, simple. You know, here's the history behind it. Here's what the the guys, the framers of it were arguing uh, in the Federalist Papers. And just so everybody knows, I would have been an anti-Federalist. I would have been on Patrick Henry's side. I think that was the right side to be on. Nevertheless, they did this. And this is what we're dealing with right now. So, um Keep this in mind. Her words at the end are just what I said. They're the most important. Your rights don't come from the Constitution. They don't come from the federal government. They don't come from the state government. They don't come from your mom or your daddy. They come from your creator. Remember that. Start using, start repenting, which is a change of mind, and start speaking the truth the way it is. You don't have constitutional rights. You have creator-given rights. Those are unalienable. It means you can't give them up. You really can't. You still got them. You may give up the duty that you're supposed to do with them, but you still have them, and nobody can take them away from you. 
put that to your Second Amendment guys and ask them, why aren't you backing the Constitutional Militia? Again, Bradley, be with you at 3. I'll see you in the morning at 6 a.m., bright and early. Lord willing, talk to you then.